0: Hello and welcome to the Super Jump Podcast. I'm your host Mitchell Wolf, and we've got a special episode for you today. I'm here with Jeff Onan again um, because a big thing in the world of Smash Brothers happens, and and whenever we do that, we get Jeff Onan on the
1: show. Um, hey, Jeff, how's it going? It's great. I uh, I love to be the the Smash Brothers uh, consultant or, or what do you, what do you want to call him correspondent uh, because sure. I'm not qualified. Yeah. I'm a terrible choice for that role, but. I love to do it anyway, so that's great. I have the uh, I have the same
0: role on Heil's podcast, and I bet Heil has the same role on someone else's podcast. <laughs> yeah. just and kick we just a can kinda... down the road until we get a little closer to a real expert. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're close to one of the ends of the chain for sure, because to my knowledge, you don't currently run a podcast, so I guess we're we're set there. But uh,
1: let's talk about what's what's happened. The game came out. The game did the the Super Smash Brothers game has come out, uh, yeah, and and we're playing it. It's it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for the Nintendo GameCube has come out, and we find I just it's it's one of those games that feels like it shouldn't have ever come out. Not like it's bad. I just mean like there there's something in my mind about it that makes it feel like this long-standing just forever wait that i have
1: to twiddle my thumbs it's just weird to me for For me it's the kind of the exact opposite because the game was announced in in the year 2018 i don't remember the yeah yeah and and now that's what i mean i feel like i should
0: be waiting longer and yeah but it is out for sure
1: yeah, it's yeah. one of those things, because I, I I remember every past Smash Brothers game. It is one of those things. Uh, it's one of those. Every, every past Smash Brothers, uh, they, they announce it, and then about like a year later, you find out a couple characters, and then you go quiet for mm-hmm. like another eight months, and then you find out like, oh, well, this one's going to have a story mode, and then you finally get your hands on the game six years later. But this one's different.
0: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. For comparison, for Super Smash Bros. for 3DS and Wii U, um, there was a thing at E3 uh, 2013 announcing the game, and then the first new character you learned about for that game was announced in late December or January. So the time between Ultimate being announced and Ultimate coming out is shorter then 3ds and Wii U being announced and the first character announced for that game right that wasn't part of the original announcement
1: yeah and I think there so was that's, something like eight that's wild something like eight years between melee and, and brawl coming out uh uh seven yeah seven okay well I said something like eight and I think sure yeah seven no, might that's not be wrong.
0: A, um it's like eight a lot of numbers are like eight if you think about it
1: really most of them. nine you know ten. Sense
0: yeah uh it depends on on how willing you are to give eight the benefit of um expansion and variety jeff the game came out how do you feel about
1: it i'm i'm really enjoying it uh i I, you know i have to stipulate that by by saying that i loved smash brothers for wii u when it released and yeah sort of my opinions on that had to take a little while to sink in um that being said, there's so many direct compare. I mean, it's easy to draw direct comparisons between the two, and I can already tell in many ways uh, that I like this one a lot more than I like that one. Uh, so I- I'm impressed. I- I'm really impressed. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um,
0: I think we talked about this once when you were on the show before, how every Smash Brothers game has like some aspect to it that's more or less timeless it doesn't just uh, re-up itself like most long-standing uh, multiplayer-focused series do. Um, ex- and until now. Because now I feel like this game completely outclasses Smash for Wii U. Um, and that was the hope. The hope that was that it would do that, so um, I mean, people wouldn't have to use a Wii U anymore to, to play Smash Brothers. That makes sense to me.
1: Um, and but uh, that like, being said, we still probably... we still want to use our GameCube controllers because we we, yes. we can't let go of those. Yeah, those, those are important. Um, are you playing with a
0: GameCube controller? I am.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I have yeah, the GameCube here. adapter, which I got with the Wii U, uh, and it's the same. Yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah, thing, but same. with a different logo on it. Uh, so I can I can actually take mine to my friend's house with the wii u logo on there and act a little bit hipster about it which is you know it's really what i'm in it for
0: yeah that's a good strategy um so this game seems to be much more competitive like melee and has a a a wealth of single player things to do like brawl and also just has a ton of new characters and uh, a, a bunch of stages like wii u I'm, I'm having a really hard time finding a downside to this game
1: yeah it certainly um, feels both bigger and better yeah in almost every way
0: yeah like my opinion on both brawl and wii u was high at first and then tanked dramatically through its lifetime and i'm just trying to think of like what would what would facilitate that happening for this game and i'm, I'm happy to say i don't really think there's anything significant i think there's aspects
1: of uh, so we'll get more into world of light specifically probably but uh i'm i'm loving it i'm really enjoying it and i think that it is the best implementation of an adventure mode in smash brothers so far that being said i also do see shades of of subspace emissary in that uh which was which was the adventure mode from brawl um Mm -hmm. and, and what What I mean by that is that uh, I will likely play through it once, feel very excited about it, maybe play through it again another day in the future, but for the most part, like, I'll get all the positive feelings that I'm going to get out of it the first time through, and uh, maybe not want to go through the grind of doing it a second time, but or uh, a third time. I'm sure I will do it a second time, but uh, I don't think that's really a... A nitpick, or, or I don't think it's a, a a big negative because it's not worse than subspace emissary in
0: that regard. No, it's not worse than subspace emissary. I um I recently just one hundred percented uh world of light, and I'm looking for my um okay my time. It was almost twenty nine hours, so yeah, I don't know. I it'll be a long time before I do that a second time.
1: Yeah, well, mine's up to thirty two hours right now, but also. Wow! I, yeah. I leave this game running a lot when I leave the room like I'll go eat dinner oh, okay I'll go shower and uh, take a trip across the country and then come back and hours have racked up so um, but yeah certainly an expansive amount of time it's it's a big adventure and uh, if I did have a complaint about it it would be that um, the RPG elements of it are pretty simple uh, there's certainly room for improvement on those the The game feels kind of grindy at a point, um, but I don't really think those are good criticisms because if this game was an RPG, those would be very important. Instead, this game is a multiplayer fighting game, and it happens to have a a very bonus uh, adventure mode. This is, by definition, a, you know, a bonus mode, and so um, I'm not going to nitpick that it's not the best RPG that's been released in 2018.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, um, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee just came out uh, a little... uh, around a month ago. And those games took me less time to go from beginning to end and complete the whole Pokedex than World of Light took. So, I I think in that regard, like, it, it does seem like something you want to be able to complain about about not going through it a second time. But for me it's like I it, it's already way more time spent on it than like this comparable, not really comparable, but like a similar idea single player full RPG where that's the entire point of the game and then this is just ancillary to the multiplayer functions of of Smash. So
1: yeah, I mean to um, a point you can you area. can say that the time spent can be could be a criticism if, if you feel it becomes a grind after a point. But uh, for me, it, it it does feel grindy, but it also keeps up the surprises just often enough that uh, it's it's constantly um, regaining my attention. And uh, yeah, I, I don't really have any complaints against it. Just I have I have the shades of things that could be complaints. Uh, But I don't really feel like complaining. I actually really love it.
0: Yeah, I remember one of the things that you told me when you were, um, I think, first flirting with disliking Smash for Wii U was that um, there were a lot more characters and a lot more just content as a bulk idea, just tons of content. But those new characters and that new content... Couldn't be used to the same degree of efficiency and and fullness that you could in previous Smash games. Because if you didn't like the main Smash mode, there there was no mode in that game that was worth playing where you could actually do something cool with that character. Do you think World of Light and the other aspects of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, maybe makes good on that complaint that there are, there are now. Like, it's a more full experience for whatever you want to do with whatever character you like.
1: Absolutely. I think, well, not only World of Light itself, which is, as we've pointed out, a very time-consuming, extensive adventure mode uh, that I've started off with. I've played this game so many hours, and almost all of it has been spent not playing the multiplayer mode so far. I will will obviously get to multiplayer, and then in the long run, that will become... The bulk of my playtime, but
0: to be clear, we're recording this three days after the game came out, so I mean, th- there were there will be tons of time to gestate on on all of that in the multiplayer and in all that business, even
1: outside of World of but, Light. Assuming that I don't want to replay World of Light maybe for years, uh, there's the classic mode, it, it, which has returned as it's a common mode throughout the series, however. Every iteration uh, of that mode, every, every game that's come out has had their own slight twist on the formula of how the classic mode is implemented, and this one in Smash Ultimate is my favorite one in the series so far. Um, basically, to, to give context on that, it, it's uh, you pick a character, and every character on the roster has a, a personalized uh, gauntlet of, of battles. It's like six battles and then a boss fight. And then they're and they're built around that character and catered to that character's like history and 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 you know games and things and uh and, and it's the best classic mode they've ever done in my opinion and so that oh, for sure. that's something yeah, it, especially considering how many characters are in this game since this game has by far the most characters of any Smash Brothers uh the classic mode alone will be a time consuming venture I'll spend a lot of time playing the classic mode as well, going through with every single character uh, and having a blast doing that. Um, There's other areas where, like, it doesn't have as many ancillary modes uh, outside of World of Light and Classic mode. Um, Some of them have been kind of consolidated into the World of Light, uh, like Events mode. There's not really a need for Events mode when you have over 700 spirit battles or whatever. Um, But... Yeah, so that's not a complaint. It's just they've been replaced by alternative uh, modes. So, yeah, I, I would say this is definitely far and away better than Smash for Wii U in, in that regard. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, before the
0: game came out, a lot of people were talking about um, what they were hoping... Or Before World of Light was announced, they were talking about what they were, they were hoping for a single-player mode. Um, in this game, because 3ds and Wii U both just didn't have one at all. And melee's adventure mode is universally liked, but it takes less than an hour. So it's not like a thing to to do, really. It, it's just a, a a thing you can have on the side. Uh, and subspace Emissary, was was um, controversial because people seem to enjoy the cutscenes and the story and all and all that, but they don't like a lot of the platforming um, and, and the repetitive nature of just going through those levels that weren't necessarily super well designed. Um, it put yourself in the shoes of someone who's designing Smash Six. Where would you go with Adventure Mode next?
1: After after ultimate, yeah, it's tough to say. I think that one. So this this adventure mode, World of Light, um, is so very different from the Subspace Emissary in the way it tries to present an adventure mode. I think that the 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 formula that World of Light established of spirit battles, which are uh, they take a character that is not playable in the game, uh, in, in previous entries that would have been like represented by a trophy. Uh, they've done away with trophies, they've got these spirits that are basically, you you take the spirit of that character, have it possess a playable character that is in the game, and uh, cleverly kind of role-play a scenario as if you were fighting that character. An exam, you know, I, I won't give examples, but it, I, yeah. I think that style of that being the basis for Adventure Mode that should stick around that should be the, the the foundation for any future adventure mode because it fits the series better than platforming uh mechanics like the subspace emissary had but i think yeah, there's, I, uh, there's room to play with the story though that could be a way to expand on the next one
0: for sure that that's definitely true uh world of light begins with a really cool story-based cutscene with uh the characters talking and, and like trying to form a battle plan against all those master hands and stuff and that's awesome. but really for the rest of the entire game, there's just nothing that, that quite um, measures up to that first cutscene, which is a shame um, because it's so cool. What I would like to see is um, so in in brawl, comparisons were made between subspace Emissary and melees adventure mode because they were they were both like platforming based smash things. And in this, comparisons are made between between World of Light and Subspace Emissary because they're both these, like, long-form story modes. I think for the next Smash game, a melee-style adventure mode that's just platforming and an ultimate-style adventure mode that's based on um, story and, and, like, spirits and stuff, um, those could maybe coexist. I don't even think of them as the same sort of thing anymore. Um... Or, or even like, it, it, if you continue to make the adventure or the uh, what do you call it? the classic modes more individualized, maybe that could incorporate some element of like adventure mode style platforming through a uh, familiar area. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing. I, I, I see a lot of people saying that the World of Light is is too much of a grind for them, and they're they're just not interested, which is interesting to me because I, I wouldn't have been able to predict that reaction I I would have thought that this was a slam dunk but looking around I, I do see that some people are upset with just how much of a, of a grind individual CPU battles
1: are do you feel that sentiment well I I only feel it in the sense that uh, it only feels engaging and challenging for a com- for like a fraction of the total playtime and at that point the way the rpg mechanics the the grinding mechanics to build up your your team of supports and and spirits the way that those play out uh once you've built them up there's a certain max level that you can attain pretty early on uh like relatively early on and then everything becomes easy from then on out and uh and so i don't think that the the pace at which you get from being you know unequipped to handle the battles up to being over-equipped the pace is a little off and then also just the the curve of difficulty throughout the game it seems like a almost static difficulty throughout whereas your ability to be equipped for those battles starts very low climaxes after a short while and then you're, you're at that top level for the rest of the game so I think maybe tweaking those RPG mechanics a bit uh, can be done in a future game to make it the curve of difficulty and the curve of, of your us to handle it maybe something you know it, the thing is they never do much to play with those mechanics once they've set them on motion at the start they never give you a dungeon where it's like okay well now in this dungeon you can't use any of your spirits you've got to start from scratch or you know they never do anything to to manipulate what spirits you can use when or anything to that effect. So it just becomes it becomes easy after about a third of the way through and yes, but it's still time consuming.
0: Uh, Yeah, within the first leg of the game, I got the M. Bison Spirit. Yeah, um, me too. Which is a legendary spirit that boosts your PSI attacks and my main is Ness. So just with this M. M. Bison Spirit, it-, it has a super high um, value, and it-, it boosts what my character does specifically. So I, I kind of just used that on and off throughout the entire rest of the game, and I, I immediately got it to level 99, so it wasn't upgradable anymore. It was just kind of there as the thing that I have in my back pocket. And that's probably not a good thing, I I suppose. I I liked I liked it. I liked having it, but I probably shouldn't have had it. It it would it would make the game a lot more uh, a lot less trivial. In yeah. order For me to they, have to work through some of my lower level spirits.
1: They've created every single challenge uh, to be challenging, right? So they put together a a, a challenge, but as you upgrade your your equippedness to handle those challenges, all of a sudden you're over leveled and you just tear through every CPU opponent it becomes trivial and easy. And um I had the same thing. I used the M Bison spirit all, all game through it and I didn't even have Ness. But just having a spirit that that's that is that high level and that high stat boosting, just raising my stats that high, um it still makes the majority of, of things. And then the other thing is it has the option to um, so you can equip these support spirits that that will specifically alter your abilities or alter attributes of the match or whatever. Like, um, and there's an option to have the game auto pick what those are. And I found right, yeah. I found that once I had a, a little supply of those supports that that could handle almost any. You know, I had a support for almost any situation. Once I reached that point, I just hit auto pick every single match. And I just trusted that the game was going to hook me up with whatever uh, whatever made the match the easiest. And it, and it works. It, I, I never had to put any thought into constructing my team, constructing my party, what's the right spirit to equip. Um, you you have to worry about that in the first couple hours. And then you don't anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I did that too. And I was, what I found, which I thought was pretty cool, was that if you just press the suggest button like one or two times it'll give you a spirit that is below the power of the spirit you're facing so it's it still won't overpower the opponent but then if you press it like a few more times you're like come on game give me something real then it'll say okay well here's just your best stuff i guess go for it um and that'll obviously trivialize the, the the challenge um, so the suggest button wants you to be a little underpowered for, for every well, match,
1: which is cool. I actually don't use the suggest button for my primary spirit um, because oh, okay. I just have a, a four-star, a legendary spirit in each of the three uh, types of spirits, mm-hmm. and I just go with whatever type has the type advantage in the battle, and then I auto-pick my supports and I always have the best combi- combination and everything is easy. And, um... And after putting you know twenty five or whatever many hours into it, uh, I'm not even necessarily looking to dial myself back and 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 give myself a challenge, because I mean I've just, just want to I just I wanted to get now done. Want I want I have it. so many spirits to get through. Um, the other thing though is your mileage will vary on how interesting spirit battles are, depending on your personal in- investment in. A multitude of franchises and and series. definitely true so um you know whenever i come across a spirit from one of my favorite series it's such a joy because you get to see how what did they do to study this character and think what's a clever way to represent that character but when i get to something like uh i don't know a metal gear solid character there's a franchise that i, I have not played much I can't appreciate any thought that was put into it, so it just feels like um, a pretty arbitrary challenge.
0: Yeah, especially with um, there, there's, I mean, it's Smash Brothers, so you can expect a wealth of Fire Emblem material, and there's a there's a number of Fire Emblem spirit battles. I just I just thought this was interesting. Every almost every single female Fire Emblem character, the spirit battle is, it's represented by. Lucina, female corn or female robin and they're being protected by a male fire emblem teammate. And that just seems like the 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 formula they have for almost every single one of those. Like it, wow, women of fire emblem you've got some you got some work to do yeah. in terms of representation. Um, but also just like seeing seeing lissa from fire emblem and then it's like hey it's yellow robin get it and i'm like no i don't i don't know i don't know what that that means to me um but i'm i'm sure that's just me not knowing the character and if i if i knew more about the character i would like it as much as some of my other favorites which include giant palatina whose hair kind of looks like palm fronds so they made her a lowland executor
1: <laughs> yeah that's like that's kind of I a funny great. one yeah i i think that I don't I don't consider this really a criticism um, so much as just a um you know a Psa it, it, that it will depend on your personal investment in different franchises you're if 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 you're playing Smash Brothers chances are you've probably played some other Nintendo series and you're gonna have at least a certain amount of engagement with many of these battles um, but I don't think there's very many people out there that aren't I don't think there's very many players that will be 100% on board with every spirit battle because they've played every video game ever made.
0: There's almost 1,300 spirits in the game, Um, and the World of Light mode covers less than half of them, which is amazing. Um, But... Yeah, you're right. I don't know anyone who's gonna see like every spirit and will have some sort of background reference for that. Just the time it would take to play through all of those games, I don't think anyone. It's it's likely no one has done it. Um, played every game that is represented by all these spirits. Right,
1: and then at that point, yeah. you know, if you don't have that fan connection to the source material, um, it's it's still a unique challenge represented by a CPU scenario so it's not like it's not like there's no value in playing it It, it, you know it just you're gonna find more value in the things that you do have that personal connection to um but you know it's still it's a scenario to play out with cpus which some players are gonna find more fun than others uh and if you don't find that very fun you can hop online and just play with human players
0: and while a lot of them are clever some of them are just kind of whatever like you'll see salamence and it's a blue charizard and you'll nod your head and say yeah that makes sense yep <laughs> i know who salamence is it's not like i'm missing the joke it's just yep sure
1: and then you'll see garchomp, garchomp and it's a blue charizard and then you'll see hydragon <laughs> and it's a purple charizard and then you'll see dragonite <laughs> and it's a yellow charizard
0: yeah they they do that a lot Tyranitar was not charizard that was k rule and i felt like that was a good choice
1: uh, but there's also the fossil fighter. Imagine if it was Charizard. I think the fossil fighter T Rex is Charizard. Ah, so yes, and that one's good. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think
0: it's it's more rewarding whenever you see a spirit represented in a way that you don't understand how it could work out until you see it, like, uh, like Buzz Buzz from from Earthbound. Just that, like four by four pixel little B is a tiny Game and & Watch and you can barely see where he is on the screen because he's so small. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. Um, so th- this game comes at... or Sorry, Spirits mode comes at the expense of trophies from... Um, most of the previous Smash Brothers games had trophies. This one doesn't because it has so many spirits. Um, one thing that I thought trophies did a lot better than spirits does is making you interested in what they are if you don't already know them like like you said you see a spirit battle for a character you don't know and you're probably not in enticed to go check them out right because it's just a static picture of that character and a battle against a character that you've already fought in some form already so that's that's a little disheartening that it's like that
1: Right because and then outside in, of in that in previous
0: games you would see a a a trophy you've never seen before and you'd get really excited about it and that's how most people found out or like most people our age maybe found out about like all these Japanese exclusive NES games just from trophies in Melee and and now if you show me a Japanese exclusive NES game I've not heard of in the form of a spirit I will I will not pay attention to it
1: well, and I think the main difference is not just the fact that this is just kind of a static art image uh, versus a, a 3D model, which is what the trophies were. I think the big difference is that the trophies were accompanied by uh, a short description, just a paragraph. Yeah. A paragraph that says, this is from the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, debut game was in Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past uh, or whatever, and then it'll give you a paragraph, and it says, uh, this guy like to sell... Swords at the sword shop, and he you... yeah. His name's Swordbow. Yeah, exactly, and and you get that description, so you have a bit of context. You you get at least that base level of context. What is this guy's deal? Uh, with the mm-hmm. spirit mode, you don't get anything like that. You you get it, the the series of origin. That's all that you get is not even the game of origin.
0: Yeah, the series of origin. Yeah, um, like for Fire Emblem, there's so many. There's I think m- more than. 12 or so Fire Emblem main series games right now. So if you're if you just saying from the Fire Emblem series and you look like anyone from Fire Emblem looks like, I don't, I don't know how I could latch on to that. People are saying, well, you have the internet. Just look them up. I'm not going to look them up like, all individually. Yeah, there's like 150. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> pay attention to every trophy in Melee. Um, but they all needed to be there because... A bunch of different people a bunch of different players paid attention to, to each of them and then they looked up that thing you gotta you gotta sell me a little bit on on that character i think that is something ultimate lacks
1: that's true and i also think one complaint i have is uh the spirit battles are not repeatable um at least not yeah. not instantly repeatable uh so like the about half the spirits are found along the path of the the World of Light adventure mode, and of course, you could repeat the entire adventure mode if you wanted to. Um, so technically, everything in there is repeatable, but it's it takes 30 hours to get to the end, so I don't know. Uh, but then, the other ones that you can find in the spirit board, it kind of randomly generates some for you to play. You can, I think, get those more than once? Or
0: um you yeah yes definitely but it's
1: random um for instance it, it, there's
0: ways to manipulate it but it's mostly random yeah
1: what i would like is when there is a collection menu to go and look through every spirit you have ever on un- that you have unlocked every spirit is that you have in your collection i would love to be able to go back through my collection and be like okay uh Donkey Kong Jr., I forgot what that battle was like. What did they do for that one? Uh, it's been 20 hours since I did it, or it's been three months or six months since I played that. What was the spirit battle for Donkey Kong Jr.? At the bottom of the collection, when you click on Donkey Kong Jr., there should be a button that says, um, play spirit battle, and you could play it on demand just for fun. Um, that would be great. Yeah, that, that is, um, I think, a pretty glaringly omitted feature that um, I would love to be able to go through the collection and play any spirit battle at any time because otherwise playing battles that you like, it's, it's really difficult to be able to reproduce uh, the specific battle you're looking for.
0: Yeah, that that's a good point that I hadn't considered because world of light is not only a replacement for adventure mode. It's, Actually, more than being a replacement for Adventure Mode, it's a replacement for Event Mode. Um, and Event Mode has always just had a menu that you can go uh, go along and just choose whatever thing you want to do, even if you've done it before. And since Event Mode was was implemented, it's always been like that. So it does seem striking that there's no option to just replay a Spirit Battle that you want to replay.
1: Yeah, one, one other thing that is less important but still comes to mind as I'm playing is that uh, I think it would have been very cool to have the option to create your own spirit battles, create your own pre- you know scenarios with as much customization as the spirit battles have um, because creating CPU scenarios, uh, I think, would add a lot of longevity to the single-player side of the game. Um, especially if you could share those scenarios with your friends. Um, things like, you know, some of the things that they have customizable in these battles are not options that you have in multiplayer. Um, things like setting the floor to become a lava zone uh, or making the, the stage covered in fog. I'm, I'm pretty sure those aren't options in the multiplayer menu. Um, so if I wanted to set up a scenario uh, for my friends to play or for myself to play, uh, I really don't have any options built in to, to do that i just have the i only have the 1300 scenarios that they've made for me <laughs> uh which now yeah. now that i say that out loud sounds a little i don't know but it especially since those scenarios that they've created aren't easily repeatable um on demand it would have been nice to be able to create our own the idea to create
0: your own spirit battle especially with just a character that. Maybe isn't even a video game character. You just want to make a Winnie the Pooh spirit, spirit battle because you can. Um, that would that would really be cool. The game has also removed any form of um, custom moves for characters, any form of equipment boosting, and also any stage editing. So a lot of the customization aspects from Smash 4 are gone from Smash Ultimate. And some of them would be great to have
1: back, especially the stage creator. I kind of don't miss it that much. Well, for me, um, so certainly I can't complain that we don't have enough stages. Uh, there's 100, sure. 103 stages, and every stage also has an Omega form, which is perfectly flat, and uh, and a, a Battlefield form, which is flat with, with three additional platforms. And... Um, not only is that a lot of stages to play on, but um, it's not, it doesn't feel like an artificial number of a lot. It, like, they all feel very unique. Um, even the different Battlefield forms are like having that visual difference is so satisfying To instead of just playing on Battlefield. Um, and then among the 103 stages that are there, there's just a lot of variety. So I think that the, the stage selection is excellent. There's so many stages. That being said, I really had a lot of fun with the custom stage builder because I could do things that you don't get in any of the stages that exist. For instance, uh, I used to set up um, four falling block platforms up at the top of a stage, and then down okay. down at the bottom of the stage, a very tiny platform that just moves left to right, left to right on a track. And um, everybody would spawn at the top on falling platforms, they'd fall, and then they'd play King of the Hill fighting over this tiny platform that's moving left and right and there's no other place to land on. It's basically just an aerial battle of constantly falling to your death and fighting in the air to get on this tiny space of land. And that's just a silly scenario that you can't recreate in any other context in the game. Uh, Another one would be like Smash Get Ball, which is a popular scenario. Where players mm-hmm. create the uh, a hoop on each side with a cannon, and if you get put in the cannon, it launches you off the stage down towards the bottom of the stage, and that's a fun thing to do. Grab a player, throw them into the hoop, and they get launched off, and and it's just scenarios like that, and um, and it's not that specific thing that bothers me, but it's just in a general sense, there's a wealth of customization opportunities that have just been removed in general like you pointed out the specific features have been removed and so um yeah its potential for it to grow if if that's something that comes with DLC but we have no reason to believe that DLC will bring with it new features or modes uh, aside from that's just great the characters. Point. We um we we we, we don't know uh, what's going to
0: come out in in DLC currently the only thing planned is is just um, batches of characters, stages, and songs to go with those stages. And there's only six of them planned. It, it it makes me wonder, are they going to add a new mode? Smash for Wii U had new modes planned from before the game came out. I think tournament mode came later. Um, other modes came along with, 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 uh, with patches and stuff. They have not announced anything like that for super smash brothers ultimate so that makes me a little worried that they they might just not have any new modes i think of all the smash games that have released so far i i I think maybe except brawl in terms of modes smash ultimate is pretty okay um but yeah um seeing a, a stage editor come in or maybe a build your own spirit battle situation that would be great too i would like to see that yeah speaking of dlc speaking um, of the uh you, i don't believe you've been on the show since they announced incineroar and ken as the last characters and also piranha plant God, why does that feel so long since ago, Joker. right that feels like it's been ages yeah
1: since that happened
0: yeah it's been five years since they announced the last characters from super smash brothers ultimate um so now we know the full roster um, I've I've unlocked the full roster. I have the full roster. That's crazy to say after all this time of talking about it, but now that it's what it is, we can confirm that the six main new characters for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate are Inkling, Ridley, Simon Belmont, King K. Rool, Isabel from Animal Crossing, and Incineroar. How do you how do you rank that among past Smash? Uh, smash editions.
1: um so if we're looking purely at newcomers um sure certainly smash ultimate yeah. also
0: five five echoes but they're they're not really the point but yeah
1: yeah I, I think that if we're looking just at newcomers uh certainly smash ultimate has an excellent like selection per per average if you want to put it that way uh i don't think there's a bad choice in that bunch in the past, I've been negative overall on the idea of Incineroar, but I'm not really that against it anymore, mainly just because a, a Gen 7 Pokemon was to be expected, and uh, Incineroar does the job. So, um, But I think per average, out of those six, this is the best collection ever. Um, in terms of total numbers, I, I would think Brawl, in going by... Numbers of newcomers and quality of newcomers can't be beat. That being said, yeah. that's only if we're only looking at newcomers. Uh, because Smash Ultimate also, in addition to Smash for Wii U's base roster, uh, it has all of Smash for Wii U's DLC, it also has every character that was cut prior to Smash for Wii U, it, it has every single character. That has ever been playable in a Smash game, um, including some we haven't seen since Melee, and many of them have substantial work done into them to to bring them up to, you know, you know, t- tweaks that have been done, changes in their move set. Um, so even though there's only six real newcomers, it feels like a significant amount more. And with that in mind, I definitely think this is the the best the best addition to, of characters to the roster that we've ever had in, in a Smash game
0: they've done a really good job of making certain characters like Pokemon Trainer um, Pichu, Snake Ice Climbers feel like newcomers in this one just because they weren't in Super Smash Brothers for Wii U even though they were in previous games and I think that does a lot to make it feel like a more full new batch of characters uh, which is exciting um I, I I agree with you with 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 Brawl probably just being the the top that you could ever expect. There were 18 new characters in Brawl. 18 completely new characters. Um Smash 4 launched with 17, but two of those were Echoes, so that's 15. And then DLC brought that back up to 19, so I guess technically Smash 4 beats it there, but just Smash Four wasn't the one that introduced like Charizard and Wario and Diddy Kong, just things that were were clearly still icons that Melee didn't include the first time. So that is that is tough to beat. But for I I'm wondering that per capita, like for how many there are, four of the six um, new characters in Ultimate are just complete all stars so four out of six and brawl had a lot of stuff where it's like lucas and ike and rob are are really cool but i don't think they're at all-star level where almost every new thing in ultimate is at that level just at like a a completely awesome surprise right um, yeah it, it or, is really amazing not a surprise in inkling case but yeah uh
1: especially even characters like um king k rule which uh is arguably an all-star status if you look at it kind of if you remove yourself from the situation and look at it objectively it's it's arguably not until you realize that uh, the game was so influenced by the smash ballot Uh, when you bring fan demand into the equation and you say these characters are specifically influenced by what you're asking for then it really does feel like yeah this is the biggest star-studded all-star cast because um, you know, including a character like uh Duck Hunt Dog in the last game. It's hard to argue that Duck Hunt Dog isn't like an icon of gaming. Um but when you include a character that was specifically chosen by the fandom by vote, by popular mm-hmm. vote, it, it gives such a huge weight to that and it is such an excitement level brought with that aspect of it. So um, you know, Ridley, long time requested character that Sakurai himself just was seemingly opposed to adding. He he wanted to keep the character as a boss character, and and yeah. um and he relented on that. And so that also feels like an influence of fan demand. You know, Sakurai has made Ridley a boss in the past several games in a row, and now he's playable finally. And then King K. Rule uh, brought in because of the Smash ballot. They specifically said that when they announced him simon belmont i think it's that
0: comparison that makes incineroar feel like such a step below the other five um because we know incineroar is not the most popular pokemon it's not even the most popular gen 7 pokemon rowlet decidueye lycanroc um alolan versions of all the original 151 pokemon like like vulpix and raichu are really popular um so so seeing him come in at the same time is like, oh, and Simon Belmont and Ridley and Inkling are also new to this one. It, it makes him feel so much less than. But I, I wonder if there was a way to make a new Pokemon not feel that way.
1: Oh, yeah, certainly. And, and I think that... I mean, the, the new Pokemon thing, there's a certain obligation to it. Like, certainly, um, they've they've come out with Almost a hundred new Pokemon, so we have to include one of them, right? <laughs> like it's one out of a hundred. Like we, I, Pokemon deserves that, especially because Pokemon is maybe the biggest franchise. I, like it's hard to argue with yeah, the pedigree. No, it is. It's hard to argue with the pedigree of Pokemon, you know. So it everyone is the largest that.
0: media franchise of all time in any media. And and uh, it's it's
1: bigger than Marvel and Star Wars and Mario. it's really hard to so so people accept that no no one has a problem with that um but they don't necessarily get excited for that they don't uh you know if you did something really unexpected and they're like okay everyone uh we're bringing in a new pokemon this game and it's gengar like that would surprise people and that might be more exciting it just because it's unexpected but um you know people don't really get upset uh to get the thing they expect to get uh that being said they don't get excited for it either so incineroar feels less than um but i i'm glad he's there especially after having played the game for a while and and seeing the role that he fits into the game alongside the other playable characters he has quickly uh filled that role and and felt like he's he belongs
0: yeah i was telling this to you one or two days ago how now that I've seen all these spirit battles, and, and such a large portion of them are actually Incineroar battles, like maybe more so than the average character, um, I I kind of don't know what they would do with some of these spirits if not for Incineroar being the one grappler in a character of over se- or in, in a game of over seventy characters incineroar is the grappler character and i think that is more worthwhile than putting in just a favorite pokemon or the most popular from gen 7 um i i've I've kind of done a turn on that because before i was like no just put in rowlet or put in whichever gen 7 pokemon is the most popular is the biggest deal is the biggest push right now and just make them unique but now I'm I'm seeing oh yeah there's there's a thing you wanted to do with the roster you wanted to include a character that worked like this and Incineroar was the way to do it and taking that spot away from other Gen Seven Pokemon when a Gen Seven Pokemon was a necessity to have in the roster I suppose um, makes sense and makes me feel a lot better about it because yeah certainly it you know and, especially when else... you compare yeah
1: sorry yeah. when you compare no, 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 the roster not. to Smash Four where it felt like a large portion of the new additions um, were chosen from their gameplay role first. And then later on the idea of like whether or what character can fill that role. Um, You you know, I'm I'm talking about things like Rosalina, who is a puppeteer commanding a separate smaller character and, and many different things. Uh, Yeah. And then you look at characters like Ridley or Simon Belmont, who, from a gameplay perspective, uh, aren't really bringing much new to the table. Um, Not
0: really, yeah. They're
1: there because we want to have them there. Um, But to have one character out of the six to be like, okay, this is a role, a, a gameplay role that we really wanted to fill, and so we have a character that fills that role that maybe isn't the most exciting character or the character that deserves to be there... I mean, one out of six ain't bad.
0: Yeah, I guess using the slot of a representative from a series that I suppose maybe even contractually needs to be represented with a new character every single time, um, it seems like a good place to use that. Like, in, you're probably going to have a new Mario, Pokemon, and Fire Emblem character in every Smash Brothers game from now on. That's just how it is, I guess. So, using a Mario slot to represent a character in a car, like Bowser Jr., or a Pokemon slot to use to represent a grappler, more so than representing those actual characters, uh, is fine. And I, I guess it, it makes sense that it has to come from those series, because Mario and Pokemon are the most popular things Nintendo has. So, even if they're the less popular option for Mario and Pokemon, you know what they are. Like, the casual audience still knows... What a what, what, whichever Pokemon is, like with Piranha Plant. If you were gonna do a Piranha Plant level, um, just drone baddie from like Kid Icarus, that would not go over well. No one would know what it is. Um, so I guess it 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 it's good that they take those gameplay focused ones from series that are um already pretty well represented so it's not coming at the cost of everything else and also just very known speaking of piranha plant okay DLC's on its way do you do you have any thoughts on dlc that we haven't talked about in in previous episodes i don't know if we've talked at all about dlc actually in previous episodes oh, we really episodes.
1: haven't because like you said I, we hadn't talked since Incineroar was announced and since then um piranha plant was announced as the first like Uh, first DLC that's going to come in and it's a free it's kind of a free one right Um, Mm -hmm. but then there's five more coming after Piranha Plant those are ones that are part of the fighter pass that you pay for and the first of those was announced at the game awards which is uh, Joker from Persona 5 that's his full name yeah his first name Joker F5
0: is his name when you abbreviate his middle name from
1: Persona right yeah so joker from persona 5 um so yeah my my thoughts my thoughts on dlc so it's it's interesting i should have seen it coming more than i did the way they've done it because uh that's a persona joke that i don't know if you know you've made just now i let's just say i made it on purpose uh
0: joker's like catchphrase is you didn't see it coming
1: or you oh you know I saw I've seen that spammed like that. in enough chats when it was announced that I should have picked up it's a reference um no I should have seen it coming and the reason is that what I what I mean by that is that it seems there is a pattern with a lot of big Nintendo games uh, in that the the base game comes out and it's a certain kind of cohesive product this is the game we made it's got uh you know it's got a complete feel to it and then they're like okay we're gonna come up with some dlc we're gonna add more to the game and we're gonna take that opportunity to just get weird with it and do things unexpected and it seems to be give a pattern me five examples I'll give you five examples okay um in mario kart 8 they did mercedes-benz dlc and then they right and then which is weird you can drive a mercedes-benz in uh in mario kart 8 but also they did another dlc uh, their character and stage DLC, which just brought in non-Mario characters. You have Legend of Zelda, uh, Animal Crossing, later with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, they had the Inklings, they had stages based on F-Zero and Excitebike, um, as well as the stages based on Legend of Zelda, Animal Crossing, uh, and Splatoon. So that's a very big departure for the Mario Kart series, and I'm going to count that as two out of the five examples. A third well, I'm, example. I'm going to
0: stop you before you do more than that because I think the point has been made. But uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree. There's some there's some idea at Nintendo that if something is DLC, it's not necessarily part of it. Um, it. It it's a fun bonus thing that does not need to jive necessarily with the tone and cohesiveness of the the full game, which is strange to me because smash for wii u existed with cloud in it longer than it didn't right um right it's still existing bayonetta were in that game yeah still still even now much 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 longer until the end of time really than the the period of time after the game came out but before those characters were added so they're definitely part of the game
1: they're, they're definitely... Right. When there. people look at Smash 4, they see this imbalance in the number of Fire Emblem characters. Uh, they see kind of less expected characters. Like Corrin, who probably didn't deserve to be there uh, or make sense to be there. Bayonetta maybe did, but it's still kind of an odd choice. And and then gameplay-wise, is quite out there. Uh, and then, you know, Cloud... It was a very odd choice, a very exciting choice for many people, but um, once you incorporate them into the roster, the roster looks weird. It doesn't look like this cohesive package. It doesn't look like it was built on as logical of a ground. And then Smash Ultimate says, we're going to bring back every character ever, so any imbalances that Smash 4 introduced to the roster uh, carried over. It's permanent. And now the, the DLC for Smash Ultimate is kind of doing the same thing they want to be weird with it they want to be very unexpected very uh out of left field uh so you've got piranha plant who's not a, a character it's uh a, it's a plant it's a, there's
0: <laughs> that that's a good distinction it's not a character it's a plant
1: it's a plant there's there's a million of them they're everywhere you look if you live in the mushroom kingdom um but we took one of those plants and we gave it little tiny feet on the bottom of its pot and we made it playable and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that a lot of people think that's a very cool thing. Uh, and then, but it it's undoubtedly a weird thing. Joker mm-hmm. from Persona Five, uh, is also a very weird thing because Persona Five and uh, most of the Persona franchise have never been on Nintendo systems. They're they're PlayStation exclusive games. Uh, there was a couple. Uh, 3DS exclusive games. One of them right. just came out in Japan. It, it's not out in America, but it has Joker in it. So Joker from Persona 5 is playable in, in this game that is on a Nintendo system. But
0: Yeah, it, it's similar to the way Cloud was technically on a Nintendo system through um, the portable Kingdom Hearts games and stuff like that before um, Final Fantasy 7 actually got its full Switch port. But... But yeah, it, it, it's definitely a um, a left field third party and it makes me reconsider a lot of the things that people said were just like not possible and I kind of in in, in the uh, want of being a purist, I, I kind of wanted to not be possible like Master Chief from Halo or Kratos from God of War um, because those things just don't represent Nintendo at all. I, I, now, I now think that's not like the craziest thing in the world to consider. I don't think either of those things are going to be in the game. I think those are way too extreme, at least for this time. But I could definitely see a future for Smash Brothers where it's like 75% Nintendo characters and also just whatever.
1: Also just anything else that you want. Right. It certainly uh, feels like yeah, w- way out there, even something that is not from a video game. Like yeah, Goku, uh, who originated in, in a manga uh, or, or anime characters, um, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants. There's there's a wealth of options. Uh, I don't know if there is a line anymore. I don't know if if the lack of a line really matters anymore. I, I, I don't I don't know how I feel. I, I think my feelings on what is Super Smash Brothers as a brand. Have changed with this um, gradually, and, and before I would look at any counter examples to my vision. Like for instance, uh, Cloud, I would see, I would look at that, and I would say, "Oh, that's the one exception uh, to what Smash Brothers is." And now that those counter examples are piling up, it feels more like I should say, "Oh, but Super Smash Brothers isn't the thing I thought it was. It's it's just a different thing. It's a a much more broad thing. It's just a random collection of characters." That uh, are popular or fighting in some way, and that many of them happen to be owned by Nintendo. But it's not like a Nintendo fighting game, or I, I don't know how to think of it. But yeah, yeah. it makes I you know, think what about what is coming next. If this is the pattern for DLC, um, you know, if, if unexpected, if if maybe Nintendo thinks that DLC is their opportunity to sell the game to people who otherwise weren't interested like maybe Persona fans needed a reason to be interested in Smash Brothers I I, I don't know uh, maybe they look at it that is their opportunity let's get somebody who is so far outside the Nintendo sphere uh, a, a total PlayStation fan and maybe they'll get excited to play a Smash Brothers game if their character is in it um, honestly I think it's unnecessary because I think that the vast majority of DLC buyers will just buy it anyway, no matter what it is. And I do think there's a lot of Nintendo characters that, uh, both can be still unexpected, but also notice like iconic and recognizable. And, um, you could sell DLC. Obviously the goal is to sell DLC. Um, so maybe they know more than i do about how to do that and what characters will do that but i think if you put in there's so many nintendo characters in the in the spring as much as people think we've run the well dry um if you wanted to do things that were unexpected there are those options too
0: yeah my regular co-host wyatt um or as i like to say in my snl announcing voice Wyatt Donigan, uh, Wyatt Donigan r- was really really excited about Joker from Persona Five, and I know that uh, before that announcement, I I asked him what his his like most favorite potential newcomer in Smash would be, and he said Goku, and you know it it it's just a completely reasonable thing at this point to expect those kinds of additions, when you look at like who are the most ...famous video game icons, you come up with Mario, Pikachu, and Link, right? And all three of those had been in the game since the first instance of the game. So from an outsider perspective, even if you know quite a bit about, like, who Nintendo owns and everything... ...this just looks like a a collection of the most notable video game characters that, that are. So... The the next steps of adding, um, you know, Kratos and Master Chief, and also some things that are notable video game characters but not from video games, like Goku and Mickey Mouse, it's starting to just become... It seems inevitable. Like, I I don't think we're going to hit... We're definitely not going to hit goku mickey mouse levels in this dlc cycle i'm putting my cards on the table there i also don't think we're going to hit master chief kratos levels in this dlc cycle but i think we could see like i, I you know i we've been uh we've been open before about uh how we really really want to see banjo in the game and that is owned by microsoft so i i guess that's only a step away um in, from nintendo's perspective to representing a uh a competing console if they do that um yeah so there's gonna be four slots after joker joker from persona 4 5 i meant uh yeah, so four slots joker
1: from persona 4 is one of his uh cousins uh
0: there's a big old teddy bear that talks from persona 4 and i thought i think that would have been more fun than joker <laughs> but that's neither it doesn't fit that
1: body type of certain type of characters sakurai really likes
0: yeah it's closer to the k rule body type than uh i guess or joker's closest thing would be maybe maybe bayonetta just like the the sneaky way he moves i don't know anyway four more characters jeff who are they who are the characters Oh, four characters there's going to be piranha plant then joker then four more
1: things what are they okay so here they are uh king hippo peppy hair uh 1080 snowboarding uh let's say ricky winterborn we'll just pick him out of the bunch uh marks from Kirby. that's it those are the four no no let's scratch that i was kidding i don't believe any of the four remaining characters will be characters that are owned exclusively by nintendo wow okay I don't think any of them will. I think all five of the fighter pass are going to be third-party characters. Um, yeah, during gonna... the game
0: awards, Reggie said something about these are characters that you wouldn't have assumed. Or I, I, I don't want to actually try to remember the, his exact words, but the the gist of it was that these these are going to be more or less surprises um, from from characters that have yet to be represented in the series uh which on the face of it just means well yeah all the veterans are already in ultimate so of course there's going to be no one that wasn't already in the series um but i i think that also just means entire franchises that have not yet been represented in smash uh and that makes sense because you wouldn't necessarily need music from franchises that were already in smash because it already has a bunch so i th- i think it's possible there could be a nintendo franchise that's not yet represented in this uh lineup but you're right i think the majority at least three out of the remaining four if not even four are probably going to be third parties
1: so i do have a guess for what the four are what um are uh first off i want to put out dante as a guess you um which has been, there's reasons for thinking that could be the case. Um, And it really feels in line with uh, a character like Joker from Persona 5. It does. So Dante from Devil May Cry seems like a very, I don't know if it's a safe, I don't know if anything could be called a safe guess because there's so many options, but I think that's a decent guess. Uh, I also think that Banjo-Kazooie has as much potential now as ever. I mean, um, I already was very hopeful I, obviously Banjo-Kazooie is like one of the last ones left that I'm really excited for uh, to hopefully someday happen. So, uh, But I think that if you're trying to go outside the expected and if you're reaching out for characters that don't even have a presence on Nintendo consoles um, or owned by competet- competitors or whatever may be the case, I think Banjo-Kazooie's odds have shot up because of Joker for Persona 5. Really? I mean, because of Joker? Because I think Banjo fits in line with the kind of unexpected uh, pick. It kind yeah, of, I guess that's true. If you're before, reaching out beyond your normal, uh, you know, comfort zone, Banjo. Before is... Joker,
0: the expectation was uh, for some people that because Nintendo is picking the characters, they're going to be either mostly Nintendo characters or at least mostly third party characters that Nintendo directly benefits from. And Joker is just a, a, a complete counter to all of that. So you're right. I, I think that does help th- the cause of anything owned by a competitor, including
1: Banjo. So you got two more? Uh, I think that if if Banjo is on my list, and it is, uh, I think there's very decent odds that it would come along with uh, Minecraft Steve, uh, which is also right. owned by Microsoft. It's also kind of a no-brainer character that would... Um, you know, be popular, be unexpected, be exciting. Uh, but if you're already reaching out to Microsoft for Banjo, um, get Minecraft Steve. Or vice versa. If you're reaching out to get Minecraft Steve, get Banjo while you're there. You know what I mean? So um, so so Dante from Devil May Cry, Banjo-Kazooie, Minecraft Steve, and the, four, the fourth one, uh, I want to say a Square Enix character right um so for so...
0: has been pretty accurate leaking the entire smash roster from the beginning we don't support leaks but we do listen to them and he has been insistent that there is a a new square enix character that uh, didn't arrive in the base game so just will be dlc for sure and a lot of other leakers are kind of corroborating that idea but no one's quite sure of who it is so jeff right. I, I agree with you saving a square enix character for the last slot but who is it
1: so before joker and before the game released uh i felt resigned to the idea that it was most likely going to be Gino. yeah and i do think yeah, Gino has great odds um considering uh Well, I think this might be an argument that you presented to me uh, that I'll paraphrase, which was that um, when Square Enix collaborated with Nintendo to bring DLC to Smash 4, they brought in uh, a certain amount of content, which is Cloud, uh, some Chocobo costumes, a, a, a stage and some music, and also a Geno costume. And because we know at that point in development, they were already developing uh plans for Smash Ultimate. Uh it seems possible that in that rights negotiation or maybe even likely that in that rights negotiation they all they had proactively already been working on, you know, everything that went into Smash 4's DLC was forward active to Smash Ultimate. Um and that means that they already have the rights to Geno. And we know they do because there's a Geno uh spirit battle I think and then um is still a costume or whatever. So, uh, so Gino is in Smash Ultimate right now. Uh, and that, in a way, increase it, gives him good odds because there's not much else in the game from Square Enix. They're very stingy with their rights, so it might be a tough renegotiation to get somebody else. That being said, um, I think Gino's kind of said, a two almost too Gino safe. Is-
0: Gino has a spirit already and a lot of people are, are taking that to be a deconfirmation.
1: Right, which is so I'm I'm two ways about that. I also feel like Gino might be a little too safe or uh if you wanted to do things that were like Joker from Persona 5 and very out there or unexpected, I don't think Gino would be it. Um I don't I don't know who else. I think that the options On the table are basically Geno, Erdrick from Dragon Quest, a a slime from Dragon Quest, Chrono from Chrono Trigger, and then like Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I agree. Of those five, Sora is the one that is most similar to Joker from Persona 5. (laughs) Just in terms of... In terms of... How you feel about them or... I I think in terms of how unexpected it would be, how a little bit out there it would be, because obviously Sora has more ties to PlayStation than the others. Sora has ties to the Disney company in ways, uh, which would be another wrinkle to the idea. But I I think personally, I'm going to go ahead and just guess that it's Chrono. Uh, I would
0: like it. I would love it to be Chrono. Chrono would be really cool.
1: Chrono is my Homer pick. Which is to say that uh, I'm just blindly rooting for the home team, so to speak, or, or the thing I want to happen, um, regardless of logic. But I do think there's some logic in there that maybe Geno is less likely. Sora is still maybe two out there with the Disney connection. So, yeah, I would love it to be Chrono. That's that's going to be my pick. So those are my four. Mitch, do you have any any big arguments with those four, or you have your own four that are that differs in some way? Um,
0: I don't want it to be Dante. And I know that's probably going to upset a lot of listeners because, you know, Dante's cool. And not everyone shares my, like, focus on getting Nintendo-oriented properties in in, in there. But Persona has been on on Nintendo consoles a a number of times in the past. Final Fantasy is very associated with Nintendo. Uh, Metal Gear Solid definitely made a, a number of tries on Nintendo console. Uh, consoles, so in 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 the past, like that's been at least hand waveable. Devil May Cry really isn't that to me, um, but maybe maybe it just is. Um, there's there's nothing stopping Dante from from doing what he does in Smash Bros. He cusses a lot in Devil May Cry, but you can just not have that. Um, yeah, I. I, I don't know. I, I don't... I'm not, I'm not feeling Dante. I know a lot of... There's rumors about Dante and Smash going around, but um, there's going to be rumors about every character going around, so I don't know how much I can put my stock in that if it's not actually coming from a reputable source with a credible history. So I'm going to... In the interest of m- my Homer pick, is just going to say not Dante. <laughs> uh <laughs> And then Banjo and Steve, I, I think, are both uh, sensical. Banjo-Kazooie is, is well, it is the biggest Nintendo um, property that was once owned by Nintendo at any point. It's not anymore, of course, but it once was, that is not represented in Smash Brothers. So getting Banjo-Kazooie in there would feel like, okay, finally, we, we we're, we've got all the major players that Nintendo's ever owned. Now we can start working on smaller things like Golden Sun and uh, and Rhythm Heaven. And that that would feel good. And Minecraft is just the biggest game of the last 10 years. Um, Probably the biggest game of the last 20 years. Just maybe backward in time until Pokemon came out. And then maybe Pokemon was bigger. But yeah, having that, and that's definitely all over Nintendo consoles as well. Having that in Smash Brothers would definitely prove that it is the icon collector. It, it's a huge icon of gaming. I I totally agree with those two Microsoft picks because it's two different Microsoft picks. It makes me think that they wouldn't, maybe they wouldn't do that in just the interest of spreading out what kind of DLC gets chosen, um. But maybe they would. So Banjo, Steve, and then my Square Enix character that i would want to see is chrono that's the one i would like the most um but i'm i'm honestly feeling pretty good about any potential character erdrick and slime would both be good dragon quest representatives erdrick would probably represent the series more but slime would be more unique um sora i i think kingdom kingdom hearts is is definitely very associated with nintendo the main series games only came out on playstation so far but it's cementing itself as being pretty multi-platform with uh kingdom hearts 3 coming out on on xbox as well and birth by sleep which was pretty much or sorry not birth by sleep dream drop distance was pretty much a numbered kingdom Hearts series game that wasn't numbered that was a 3ds exclusive game um at first so i I you guys get
1: it it's because there's three d's in the title
0: (laughs) yeah did you guys pretty good i bet you guys didn't get it you dummies (laughs) <laughs> I like to talk down to my audience sometimes. It makes me feel better about myself. Um, I try so, not to
1: because it's your audience. You know, it's I'm a sure. guest here.
0: No, you're allowed. I give you permission. But I I I don't see any any like terrible options out of Square Enix. Uh, I would like it to be Chrono. I think it's going to be Sora. And then my fourth one is I I think it's likely that there will be one Nintendo character in here. And um, one of the more likely picks that I've heard thrown around recently is maybe Silux from the Metroid series, to coincide with at least a proper announcement, if not the release of Metroid Prime Four soon. Um, for for years now, Silux has been promoted as like he he's going to be important soon at the end of Prime Three. There was a tease for him at the end of Federation Force. There was a tease for him. I think there was some sort of tease for him in Samus Returns for 3DS. Um, So it definitely seems like Silex is either going to be the main enemy or a sidekick or like the actual protagonist in some sort of Metal Gear Solid 2 twist to Prime 4. And uh, he is notable because he's one of the very few hunters from Metroid Prime Hunters that isn't represented with a spirit in Ultimate. And he's like the most important one. Why would they discount him? Why would you not put a spirit for him? So so that's that's where my prediction is right now. Uh, Banjo, Steve, Sora, and
1: Silex. Alright, so Mitch, can I ask you one question? If we're sure. On the, we're kind of on the speculatory uh, end of things. So if you... Didn't have expectations for what DLC has to be or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, say say what is one character uh, that you don't think will be DLC? You're, you feel very confident they won't be DLC in this game. Um, what's the one character you think most ought most, to be
0: there? M- wait, what? Wait, most won't be?
1: Most ought to be there. Most, most should be there. The character oh. who deserves... To be in this game that is not the most.
0: The character that deserves to be in this game that is not likely to be in it. Um okay. uh, I thought it was pretty ridiculous that arms didn't get a representative, and it looks like they won't.
1: Yeah. No, that's 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 definitely up there for me too.
0: Yeah, Springman is up there, but um I feel like that's also just a matter of time. It wasn't this time but if there's a second season of dlc for sure and the next smash game almost inevitable you'll have you'll have spring man
1: um but outside of that
0: rayman 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 i was i Uh, was
1: ready to say that as my pick so yeah 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 yeah. i'm on the same page um it's i think probably the most glaring omission of of a third-party company that works closely with nintendo uh, and doesn't currently have a playable character in the game.
0: Yeah, I would even have have predicted Rayman. I did predict Rayman for a long time until I found out that Rayman is a spirit in, in the game. And I just don't think they would do that to themselves. I don't think they would undercut their own announcement because they could have just not had it. And because it's third party, it would look fine. There's tons of notable third parties that aren't spirits. Uh, they just have important ones.
1: And and if it's not if Rayman is not playable, um, it's it's a very glaring omission, in in that it's not playable. It's also not even an assist trophy, and there are there are a number of notable assist trophies that could have been playable. Like I mean, you have like Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is not like uh yacht Yacht club games on Shovel Knight. They're not represented in the game in any other way, uh like. It's not like they, uh, well, I mean, they have spirits. So what I mean is uh, they're not the same example as, like, Bomberman because Konami was already involved before they got Bomberman in there as an assist trophy, whereas right, yeah. y- Shovel Knight got in there because they wanted Shovel Knight. Like, they, they didn't yet have the connection to Yacht Cup games, and then they said, let's bring Shovel Knight stuff in here. Um, so So that doesn't preclude... Ubisoft from getting an assist trophy. Ubisoft totally could have had an assist trophy, and they didn't. And then if they don't have a playable character either, I think it's just a really whopping like omission of of a major player in in the industry that, that has a good rela- working relationship with Nintendo. Yeah, they're they're one of the biggest game publishers
0: in the world, and um, they they're doing a lot of really close things with Nintendo. Um, I- exclusive games with Mario and Rabbids, and Nintendo publishes Rayman in, Jap- in, J- in Japan, and um, putting Star Fox and Starlink, and inviting Miyamoto on their E3 stage two years in a row. He doesn't need to be there. Miyamoto's not doing anything for Ubisoft, but hes they just like him so much. It's, it's so clear that, uh, from an outside perspective... Ubisoft has this utmost respect for Nintendo, and they're one of the biggest players in the game. And to see them just continually snubbed <laughs> in Smash like this... Uh, like, I don't even know if, if Rayman is just the best third-party biggest thing. He's, he's smaller than Crash, and Crash and Spyro both are as associated with Nintendo at this point as Rayman. Um, but still, man... <laughs> they. It it's so disheartening to see Ubisoft snub like that. I really want them <laughs> to get a character.
1: I, I yeah, think and Rayman. Should there's totally like be. Um, the Rayman model that is in Smash Four as a trophy. Yeah, they're like we, we that Ubisoft provided for them. hmm Um, and they they I, I it just gives this impression like Ubisoft, like hey, we have this 3D model of Rayman in case you need it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and Nintendo's like ah. Oh. I, I know
0: just what I do with three D models that I don't use. They are called trophies. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it is sad. I I feel like uh, I just feel bad for Ubisoft. They're getting just you know really mm. snubbed, and it, it, it you, you feel bad for them in the same way you feel bad for like the kid who gets picked last on the basketball team or whatever. I don't know. It's just like he's out there trying. You know, it's just it's not like the game matters. Let everyone get in on this stuff. I don't know. Um yeah, but um I guess we should just go back to smash ultimate like what is actually in the game <laughs> uh, before we get too far away into speculatory sure. territory but um well I, I do want to wrap it
0: up soon, but I want to talk about one more thing, one more aspect of smash ultimate that is I guess not as positive the online integration mm. uh, mm-hmm. have you played online yet?
1: I have, uh, so I played one match online and got kicked immediately. Like I didn't even get to start a match. Oh, uh, I played, I played another match online with four or, you know, four total players. It was, uh, against random, random players. And, uh, I had noticeable lag throughout the match, but I did win. So I won <laughs> my first match Great. ever. Then I played with some friends of ours, A uh, Courtney, Courtney on her stream um, just the two of us, just one-on-one, we played three matches, and I had lag throughout. So, I pretty much have de- determined that I can't play Super Smash Bros. Online unless I purchase the LAN adapter, which is a piece of hardware that's not built into the system. You gotta buy that separately. Um, because, I I don't know, I mean, they, 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 they plaster the game with warnings that something like that is going to happen to you. Yeah. They, they make it clear, like, hey, you know, you, you might run into connection issues. You could consider uh, a stronger connection by doing whatever you can on your end because our end is pretty much set. Uh, <laughs> our, our end <laughs> no. sucks. We've seen right. it and we yeah, hate it's it. A, it it's, it's really disheartening. And then um, I've not played Switch games online much, but I, I understand that there's like, If you want to be able to do voice chat or anything like that, you you have to be integrated with a cell phone app, which is not, like, the most ideal. This isn't news. This isn't, like, brand new with Smash Brothers. This has been the the status quo for the Switch. Um, But it's definitely not ideal. Um, So, I I don't know. In general, I would say I have a low opinion of their online uh, service for Super Smash Brothers. But uh luckily the game is playable offline
0: ooh that's a boon
1: yeah yes, and you, you play a true. lot of
0: online gaming
1: you uh you play sea of thieves all the time so oh, I play a ton of online games on my Xbox one which is right. an incredibly powerful you know i'm um, basically <laughs> i I get paid every time I mention the Xbox one's power no I'm right just on, kidding right but on. uh yeah, you know, I play Call of Duty, I play Halo, I play Sea of Thieves, basically anything and I don't have problems. But uh, I don't play anything on the Switch without problems and that's that's a problem. It it actually, is, it is a problem. and here here's here's how bad it is, Mitch. Oh. Okay. I bought I bought a device for this game. Uh that is called a Wi-Fi extender. And it connects to my Wi-Fi and then it casts its own wave of wi-fi so i have a wi-fi casting net right in my bedroom uh and i tried to use that to because i thought that might help with the switch because i i i predicted i would have problems so i bought that i have played sea of thieves on it on my xbox i have no problems and sounds it's, it's great when i played smash brothers i had problems then I moved my switch into the room that my original Wi-Fi router is, my my main Wi-Fi unit, and I connected to that, still had problems. So basically, no matter what I do, if I am wireless, I'm going to have a problem playing this game online. The only solution is to buy the LAN adapter and get wired in, but that's not really a solution for me because the router is not in my bedroom. Uh, My bedroom's a a whole basement away from the router, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I might just uh, sell the game to GameStop.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll <laughs> fix it. Um, so, not only does it not work well, apparently, um, it also—if it did work well—wouldn't w- be good by a lot of people's standards because the way of the way they do random random battles. Uh, you want to be matched with someone random online, a pretty normal thing in any other game. Um, Smash for Wii U had a system called For Glory and For Fun, where For Fun had items on, on any stage, and any number of players, and it was wild and wacky. And For Glory had one-on-one modes, uh, exclusively, two stocks only, and only on Omega stages. Neither of those made a lot of sense because no one actually plays like that. That's not what tournament rules are. But For Glory was obviously closer, so people practiced on that. With this game, what you can do is request a uh, a, a a certain playstyle you want. You want okay? I want one one on one. I want smash balls only. I want battlefield shaped stages only. Uh, all this other stuff, and then it's the luck of the draw whether you get any of it. So if you want to just practice standard one-on-one battles, like you can't not you cannot guarantee that. And if you get caught in a battle that isn't the format you want, you just have to write it out all the way to the end because if you drop it, you you will get um you'll get harshly penalized in in your in your ranking. So that that's just ridiculous to me that they would do it like that. Where you can't even just guarantee a standard rule set. I understand like that. Ask for this specific thing for a for fun mode. Like for fun should be turned into that. But there's just no standard rule set whatsoever that you can uh, guarantee. There's no way to like legitimately play the game to get uh, to, to get better if you're trying to just practice for a tournament setting or anything like that. Um, it 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 seems unbelievable to me. But at the same time. Not entirely surprising that it's a great game, except for it's online, because in 2018, I guess that's just what Nintendo is.
1: You know, I don't think anyone in an audience listening to a podcast like this, I don't think any of them need an example for how egregious that is as a as a status quo for their online. But I'll give an example anyway. Uh, I absolutely had more robust uh, matchmaking features in games I played online on my Sega Dreamcast console, yeah, which which also had a LAN adapter built in. Actually, it was a yeah, it was a LAN LAN adapter built into the system. So, um, yeah, I could plug my phone line directly. This was on a phone line. I could plug my phone line directly in my Sega Dreamcast and boot up and uh, play online with a better, more robust online service than the Nintendo Switch can provide. That was like 19 that was like 2000 18 years ago. Uh yeah, I mean, well, that's well, there's not any more that can be said for that. It's just yeah. it's that's just going to be bad. Adult this is a really bad thing. Let that sit in. It'll be bad tomorrow, it'll be bad the next day. Let yourself be reminded of it every so often. This is a really sad situation to be in as a, a culture. Um I don't know what to do about it. I've tried to write the government. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: It, it, it's especially surprising that it would just still be this bad when earlier this year they launched their new online service, which now you have to pay for. And it's just supposed to be better, and there's been no proof of that whatsoever. Their biggest online game on the Switch is Splatoon 2, and it doesn't even have dedicated servers. It it doesn't have anything other than peer-to-peer. I don't know what the money's being spent on from the online service. The three games, the three biggest games of Nintendo's year, all came out immediately after the online service. Super Mario Party, Pokemon Let's Go, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. All three of those are games that are really fun to play with friends. And that's like their whole point. Um, and Super Mario Party's only online integration is just a small minigame mode where you can only choose from one of ten minigames to play, and that's it. You cannot play the board game mode. You can't play any minigames other than those ten. It's just those. In Pokemon Let's Go, they've taken out the um, Global Trade Center and Ranked Battles, so there's no more matchmaking whatsoever. You can only play with friends. Um and in Super Smash Brothers ultimate is is obviously the best out of all of those but still it has these problems that completely just make you wonder who they have running their online like project there needs to be a, an executive at Nintendo who's in charge of this kind of stuff and he's making these decisions it's wild
1: well and and to be fair when you pay for the online service you do get access to like Urban Champion and Tech Mobile uh <laughs> and like Yoshi's Cookie so like i mean fair trade like i don't know 20 bucks a, is it what is it 20 bucks a year 20 bucks a
0: year for Tech Mobile and Yoshi's Cookie y- yeah i, I mean that 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 gets brought up a lot the the price point is is an important factor here where if the question is just is 20 bucks too much for this in a year no i guess it's not like you i think it absolutely
1: is because they did it for free they did it for free on the wii and arguably the wii had better online than the wii u did And they did it for free on the wii u and as you've pointed out we don't know really what the 20 bucks a year is being spent on because they're not investing in server architecture because if they were it wouldn't uh you know, it wouldn't be awful. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think any amount of money is too much to pay if the service is uh, like a 1 out of 10.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess from my point of view, it's just like if someone said, hey, Nintendo just put uh, like 30 NES games on the eShop in a bundle and it's 20 bucks, um, I'd be, I would say, oh, great. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, 20 buck bundle for 30 games. And I probably won't play any of them for longer than a year. So I guess that trade-off makes sense. And then it also comes with a bad online service. Great.
1: (laughs) Right. I I mean, yeah, you're uh, right. I wonder how many years.
0: It's definitely not.
1: I wonder how many years I'm going to have the Switch and be paying for the online service. Maybe like four more years or three, three or four more years of it. So at that point, I've paid $80 for my NES games. We don't even know if they're going to add any Super Nintendo games. so uh, That's mm-hmm. over a dollar a game. That's over $2 a game. It is. And, uh, it is over and $2 I don't dollars even game. like Yoshi's Cookie. Seems harsh on Yoshi's Cookie. Yeah, I don't know why I singled it out. It's because I just can't think of NES games. And I didn't want to name one of the good ones because that undercuts my point. <laughs> I'm trying to downplay the package. So if I said, Hey, you get Super Mario Brothers three, it's like, yeah, that sounds good. Uh no. I yeah, it, it's a bad online service. It costs money. But the thing is you're paying for it because if you don't pay for it, you can't access any online services. So right, yeah. That's you just you're you're between a rock and a and a bigger rock at that point.
0: Yeah, I I, I wish that Nintendo got some sort of monetary feedback for their failures these days because it doesn't seem like they do um anything that's bad is just as as good as a neutral thing to them and anything that's good is is just this monumental success and it moves millions and millions of, of, of units and that's that's i think it's it's definitely better than the wii u era when everything was a failure and just nothing quite made enough money to make sense
1: Right. Well, but, I don't know if I don't know if they made the right lessons from that because the Wii U era did so many things well. Uh, yeah, it did. It just had really terrible marketing right from the outset, and so I don't know if they learned the right lessons. I, you know, I hope they did, but the online service is certainly one area where they have not improved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to and end I, it on that. So. No, let's not. Let's talk about just real quick, like how this game is really good it's very very good it's very 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 exceptional it is basically brought back all of the game that is super smash brothers for wii u uh minus a couple like modes that i didn't like anyway and then it's just like okay well let's just fix that let's fix things about it that are bad uh let's give more options let's 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 also add like 20 more characters um let's like double the number of stages and then let's give you a 30-hour campaign on top of that, and then we'll call it a game. And it really feels like they've finished the game that they started developing with Smash 4 uh, for the Nintendo DS, 3DS and the, and the for the Wii U. They've finished a game they've been working on for a lot of years consecutively, and it shows in how much they've iterated on that and, and created this really robustly large package that's also just improved... It's quality and quantity, and uh, and I'm pretty happy with it.
0: I, I'm definitely also pretty happy with it. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, Smash games are are known more for their their lifetime than for their init- initial launch. Uh, much more than other games. Armada, Hungry Box, and Mewtwo King, all all of these uh, really big. Smash players that uh, have historically all preferred melee. Um, I mean, we'll see how it goes. There's always hype at the beginning of these cycles, but right now they're all looking at Smash Ultimate and saying, "Hey, this this is good. This is potentially like a lot better for us in a in a competitive professional sense than the previous games." And I think when that is the case, uh, that benefits a lot more than just the people who are competitive have benefits um, people who would want to watch it at tournaments, people who would want to um, just continue talking about the game as if it's relevant because it's competition that keeps multiplayer games relevant after their launch. All right.
1: Melee yeah. is yeah. still the most relevant Smash Brothers game uh, because of its competitive viability and, and the success it's had in, in that attachment rate. That, that both brawl and for we in the smash for Wii U kind of failed to replicate yeah I and mean, so it's just like people are still buying melee like it's 2018 so if this game can be half as good as that it will have a longer lifespan than your average game
0: the way for or the way ultimate works is still much closer to Wii U than it is to melee but it, it's getting to that point where it's close enough and it's fast enough like the game is now very fast and that hasn't been true at all since melee um i i i'm i'm of the mind that this might be the thing that actually dethrones melee at stuff like evo and in stu- and, and other tournaments from now on i i think melee is always going to be played at least for the for uh, foreseeable future there's going to be a lot of um a lot of players like mango who are, are just really, really tight melee stalwarts that keep that game from, from ever going completely under. But, but yeah, I, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for how uh, casual-friendly it seems as well. I, I've always been of the mind that making a game very competitive and making a game very casual are not two different things and can both be done. And I think it has done it. There's so many characters to choose from and there's so many um, because it included that DLC from Smash 4 and it included its own newcomers. There's so many fan favorites um, that appeal to both Smash veterans and um, mainstream casual gamers. It's it's just great. It's a great, great, great game.
1: I think that what we'll really be telling is just to see how the DLC plays out. Um, and then, obviously, when you introduce new characters into an ecosystem, uh, there will be balancing done. And I think that if they can do a better job than Smash 4 of maintaining that balance and not breaking it with new additions that are uh, beyond the pale like certain ones were. Uh, I think that Smash 4 was really great at, at, when it first launched of balancing tweaks here and there and and maintaining a a pretty solid competitive uh playing field uh up until the end yeah and it dropped off dramatically and suddenly became just this broken game that can't be played anymore in a very serious way and um and so really we can't we we can't judge the long-term viability of this game based on the launch state it's gonna be a a living game it's gonna it's going to be be changing um but it's got the best foundation that Smash has had in a very, very long time.
0: It does. Um, Bayonetta really ruined a, a lot of what Fur Wii U had going on in terms of its competitive scene. A, a large portion of why people are now saying that they aren't satisfied with what Fur Wii U has to offer in tournaments, uh, tournament settings is that Bayonetta has made the game way too one-sided. And for Wii U, had over 50 characters in it. And Bayonetta just seems to be... You no, know, it's clearly the best. There is there is no competition. There is no counter to it. Um, it's not as bad as Meta Knight and Brawl was. Meta Knight and Brawl is probably the most extreme, unbalanced fighting game character I've ever seen in any game. Um, but yeah, Bayonetta was pretty bad. So I, I really hope that they... Uh, don't make Joker or any of these other characters that are coming in too uh, too powerful. I understand that they kind of need to be more powerful than average because otherwise why would you buy them, right? If you just hear that a new character is bottom tier, you wouldn't buy that. Um, I, I don't think any of the Smash for Wii U DLC, all seven of those characters are, I think all of them are at least above the halfway mark on the tier list now so that's interesting it's it's a thing to keep an eye on i suppose
1: they can make piranha plant really bad he's free yeah yeah piranha plant could be whatever um no yeah it'll be interesting to see how the game continues to change uh but i'm definitely very happy with it in a way that even when i was happy with wii u when it launched um a big part of that was the circumstance of of where I was living at the time in a college dorm with uh, like six other people that all wanted to play smash all the time um, and loved chaotic, casual gameplay. And so um, in that setting, smash for Wii U was really good for a really long time. Like I, I, any of the flaws didn't really matter. I was still loving the game. I don't have that now and I still love the game. I don't really have a big crowd I can play multiplayer with Um which is just another reason why the online, <laughs> I wish it was better. um, But it's telling that even without that, uh, that I'm very satisfied with the game in the whopping 72 hours that I've had it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm excited. I i am excited to finish World of Light, which I'm very close to doing. And then tackle challenge mode. Uh, uh, is it called challenge mode? What's it called? Uh, classic mode sorry oh yeah tackle tackle classic mode for i've done like one of those and there's like 70 more to do so yeah i want to try to do all the
0: classic modes and i know it'll take a really really long time
1: yeah for sure um but uh you know that's what that's where the big thing that makes this so much better than wii u is that you've got that stuff to fill your time in a solo setting and that still feels satisfying. You can engage with the game solo and be satisfied, um, and not just rely on it being a very robust multiplayer game. Uh, it, it, it has the, those multiple facets, which I think was missing in, in Smash for You, U. And I do think is an important piece of the game. Single player is not the most important piece, but it is an important piece. And, it is. Uh, it is. In, you need to have an identity out, to so. the
0: game. And I, I think the story of World of Light with Galim and everything, um, is is what people are going to remember a lot about ultimate like 20 years from now because 10 years out, out that subspace emissary is definitely what i think about when i think about brawl
1: yeah certainly
0: yeah okay well it's been good talking to you jeff i'm i'm really excited about this game i'm glad that you're excited about this game i'm probably going to go play more of it like right now so yeah same <laughs> definitely <laughs> uh so i'll have to talk to you later thank you so much for listening to the show uh if you can remember to comment rate subscribe like download revisit tag bookmark i don't know what all the kids are doing on the internet these days any one of those things could potentially help us and remember please tell us a friend or tell a a friend about the show if you liked listening to the show i know this episode was a little bit more rambly than average but i i just was really excited to talk about smash bros so i I wanted to get into it so thanks for listening and remember stay super